0: Well, here we come to the end of another year. Um, most of you probably don't think of this as the end of the year, um, but as priests, of course, we we tend to think liturgically. So it's the end of the church year, um, church year, fiscal year, calendar year. You know, Chinese calendar year. I don't know. Whatever. There's all kinds of years, but we come to the end of the of the church year. And as I've been telling you for a couple of weeks, the focus becomes the end of time and Christ's return. And um, you know what we hear from St. Paul in the second reading, we hear once again, how the Lord is compared to Adam. Okay, so with Adam, you had a man who was created without sin and created in, in harmony with God and given free will. And Adam, as we know, misused that free will and sinned. And through that sin brought sin and suffering it, it, almost like a, uh, uh, an infection, you know, or a, a virus is even better, a virus that's sort of carried throughout all of human history and infected everyone that's gone after. So with Adam, we have the misuse of free will and we have evil, suffering, pain, and death. And St. Paul says that Jesus is the new Adam. He's the one who's created, right? He's the next man who's created without sin. And of course, in perfect harmony with his own father, he is divine. And Jesus uses his free will to undo what Adam had done, Adam and Eve had done. So through the, the proper use of freedom, we have grace and forgiveness and mercy and salvation. And we have the conquering of death. Death no longer has its claim over us. And then we hear Jesus say uh, in the the scriptures that he is going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to definitively separate good and evil. He's going to definitively call something evil and, and the other good. He's gonna definitively settle the matter for everyone. You know, there's so much confusion, really, in the world about you know, what's good, what's bad. It depends on who you ask, right? I mean, you'll hear uh, some people do all sorts of things that 15 years ago everybody thought was evil, and 50 years ago everybody thought was probably worthy of imprisonment, and people are, have no problem necessarily doing those things today. And yes, I'm being very general on purpose, because it's not about the specifics, it's about the mentality. You know, it's about the idea that is there really a, a, a good and an evil? Or do I just determine goodness? You know, I determine it for myself. I can determine what's good and evil. That's kind of the mentality today. You know, and after, after a while you, you kind of wonder, well, what's true? What's true anymore? You know? Is there really any hope for society? I mean, we, we've we probably thrown in the towel for government, you know, but, <laughs> you know, is there a hope for society? I mean, how is this going to, it doesn't seem like things are getting better from a certain perspective. Usually the religious one or the the one that, you know, a perspective that upholds some sort of morality or truth, it doesn't seem like things are getting better. In other words, they're not becoming more about truth, goodness, right, about godliness or... Or uh, you know, just even having a a sense of the divine in one's life. Well, what the Lord says is, and He says it numerous times, "I'm coming back when, whenever the Lord determines, whenever the Father determines that it's time." Jesus is coming back, and this is clear in the Scriptures, because you know I was thinking about it tonight, and I'm like, well, you know, I mean he's coming back when's it going to happen it's been two thousand years already and you know but of course there are five thousand years from or thereabouts from i think it was five thousand it doesn't matter you can look it up five thousand years from abraham to jesus and then you know two thousand years so you know is this just sort of one of these christian things that we believe but how do we know it's true right i mean how do we know he's going to come back and settle everything You know, what we have to go back to is, well, do we believe in the words of Christ or not? Do we believe, is he trustworthy or not? Are the scriptures trustworthy or not? Because if they're not, then just go have dinner now. That was a joke. Don't leave. (laughs) But that's my point. I mean, if the scriptures are just throw them out, then it all falls apart. It all falls apart. So we have to make a decision. Are the scriptures trustworthy? And most importantly, and I understand they can be interpreted differently, but but most importantly, the words of Christ himself in the Gospels. I am coming back and I will definitively determine good from evil for all of time. And it will be over. It will be over. The suffering will be over. The evil will be over. The goodness will be celebrated as goodness and it will be upheld as it ought to be. All of the mess that it seems as though we're sort of stuck in this cycle will be definitively done with. And for all of eternity, those who are righteous will live with the Lord and those who have rejected him will not. And so that moves us to the second consideration for tonight. Besides just the Lord's return and his judgment, our second consideration, it's very clear, very clear, the Lord could not be more clear that he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. That kind of presumes there's gonna be some goats. Now, none of us wanna be a goat. Somebody asked me in Ash Fork, you know, well, how would I know if I'm a goat? I said, you might smell burning meat. <laughs> you know, fires of hell and all that stuff, you're a goat. It's a metaphor, I know I realize it doesn't hold, but um, so, <laughs> the Lord uses these images. You know, all throughout scripture, we get in the Old Testament, we get in the New Testament, this idea of sheep, you know, that we're the Lord's sheep and he's our shepherd. And, uh, and there's a distinction made between those who are sheep and those who are goats. And, and the idea is basically this, that, that the sheep follow the voice of the master. They follow the voice of God. They understand that they can't make it on their own. They understand their absolute dependence, that they need they need God. And so these are the ones he can come and lead. But if you're a goat or if you're somebody who doesn't think you need to be led anywhere, if, if this, per, this sort of person thinks that they can just determine everything, they don't need a shepherd, they're off doing their own thing, well, you can't be led to, metaphor, greener pastures. You can't be led to heaven. You can't be healed of of your infirmity, the mind and, and soul and spirit. You can't be given forgiveness if you don't think you need it. And so there's nothing the Lord can do with the goats if they won't follow. They have to go somewhere because the soul does not die, right? I mean, the soul is eternal. And what happens to such a person? Well, if they will not accept the Lord as their shepherd, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible reality, but nonetheless, it remains clear throughout all of scripture that because some people may choose, even at the end, to reject Christ, then there must be a place where God is not for them to be for eternity. And so which are you? Which am I? Are we a sheep or are we a goat? And the criteria that the Lord gives, He gives these, you know, these these, uh, sort of, you know, examples of reaching out to those who we normally would not want to reach out to. Maybe they're hard to love. Maybe they're they're difficult to assist. But to see the Lord Jesus in them, if we can do that, and if we can help when we're able to help this is what it means to be a follower of Christ, which really, it it boils down to the Lord wants people who love, and don't just love when it's easy. You know, it's easy to love those who love us. Um, it's It's easy to love. It's, in a sense, it's, in one sense, it's kind of a little bit harder to love our family, but on the other hand, we always love them, right? So there's sort of a we'll always love them even, even when they hurt us, even when the relationships are bad, but, but those other people who we really don't like, those are the ones, that's the mark of a Christian. Do we love them? That doesn't mean doing everything they want us to do, it just means do we try when we find ourselves in a, in a situation where we can put them first, where we can help, where we can love, do we love or do we not? That's the criteria. The Lord wants people of a certain type. He wants people who will be led, who know that they need to be healed and forgiven, who know that they're dependent on him, and people who then love because of that dependence, who love and themselves become like Christ. Please stand.